Hello, my name is Özlem Sarıoğlu and this is The Coaching Program, sponsored by Sparkas, a coaching tech company that optimizes coaching and mentoring solutions for cultural transformation, talent and leadership development within organizations. Welcome to the show. Hello, coaching passionates around the globe. Welcome. You're listening to the coaching program, the show that brings you tips and tricks of designing and implementing successful coaching programs within your organization. I'm your host, Özlem Sarıoğlu, a professional coach and co-founder of Sparkas Digital Coaching Platform, which scales meaningful coaching experiences to larger audiences within organizations. My guest today is Sue Gammons. Sue has experience of designing and leading large-scale global coaching programs, including an award-winning women's leadership development program and the training of internal coaches. Today, we'll speak about all these wonderful experiences Sue brings to the table. So, Sue, welcome. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Good. So great to, hear, to be with you today, Yoslin. Yeah, same for me, same for me. And so I've made a short intro uh, about you, but it would be lovely to hear about you and your experience in the GSK with your own words, maybe just a few mm-hmm. words about yourself. Yeah, sure. Yes, thank you. Um, so yes, as you say, I, I had a, a background and a, and a quite a long career in the pharmaceutical industry, primarily with GSK. Um, and I started off in much more technical areas of the business and then in leadership roles before moving more into HR-aligned roles. Um, and I think at an early stage of my career as a, a leader of a team, I developed this passion for supporting people uh, with their development and and really the coach was within me at that time even though I didn't necessarily um, call it I didn't call myself a coach or and probably didn't do a particularly great job in terms of pure coaching skills as we know them now Um, but it led me to to follow that uh, that interest and and training as a a coach around about 10 years ago now when GSK was setting up um, an internal coaching function and then I got more and more involved in in coaching Uh, taking on different coaching assignments and getting more involved in training people to be coaches before finally moving into the role of coaching director um, about five years ago now. And and as you say, then was involved in not just coaching, but also leading some global coaching programs. Um, And then I left GSK just to be to be honest about this. I I left GSK at uh, around six months ago. And, and have set up as, a, as an independent coach and, and consultant and very much want to support other organizations to, to, to think about uh, coaching within their organizations now. Yeah, I think that's uh, both our passion uh, because what I experience uh, is like coaching is mostly used as a um, development tool, but sometimes there is not, not a... Um, fully developed program that's basically mm. why we're having this uh this podcast to uh, to shed a light for people who would like to uh have that kind of an organizational uh coaching program and it's uh i mean gsk's experience is especially very important in that respect having award-winning programs and everything but mm. maybe let's start with the basic why first like you uh, already said that there is an internal coaching uh, going on um, in in GSK and like where did that need stem from originally 
Yeah, so I think coaching had been used within GSK for, for quite a number of years, but it was very it was it was very disorganized in many ways in that in is as people wanted a coach wherever they were in the business they would just find somebody externally to to do the coaching uh, for them so there was a real discrepancy in in the costs and the investments of coaching and also in the quality and the standards of the coaches being used because there was no one with really any expertise overseeing that and and looking at how do we how do we ensure that when we're paying for coaching, we're getting good quality and, and good value for money? So back in 2010, GSK made the decision to set up an internal uh, mm -hmm. coaching team. And one of the first roles actually was about assessing, ma making sure that, uh, that one, coaching was available globally, but also mm -hmm. making sure that the coaches, external coaches that were used were of a high standard. And then I think what very quickly followed after that was the recognition that we could build a coaching, an internal coaching function um, mm -hmm. to provide this resource um, on a much, you know, it's, there was huge, there was an analysis done of how much was spent globally on coaching. And it was, I don't know what the figure was, because I wasn't, to be, to be honest, I wasn't involved right at that very early stage, but mm -hmm. it was huge. And a recognition that there was a way of, of using the, um, the employees worldwide to train them as coaches so that they could be they could provide much of that coaching service and also to extend the coaching service so it wasn't just available for senior leaders as it had tended to be up until that point but that other managers and and, and employees further down the organization could also benefit uh, from from coaching mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it was very much um, a decision back at, back in those at that, at that time to to build a team, and and it was recognised that this could be a, a real. It was a strategic move to to support a transition um, that the company was going through, and and to support the the business strategy and uh, really the culture of the organisation at that time, and and embed more of a coaching approach. Uh, for leaders in the organization too. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned really good uh, points there in terms of like, uh, the, there has to be a strategic uh, need for the mm. business, uh, mm. actually. So that is sometimes a little bit missing. And uh, to define that strategy is a, is a good starting point, I believe. And also what you said about the culture uh, is also very important to turn it into more like a culture. And I understand by your description that the internal coaches were not like, external coaches who were employed by the organization, but mm -hmm. they were more like GSK people who were trained to be coaches. Did I get that right? Yeah. So I think initially that there was always a mix. We always continued okay. to use external coaches, but the, but back in 2010, there was a decision to let, let's train up, um, employees around the world to become internal coaches okay. so that they would do their day job. They would continue to do their day job in GSK mm -hmm. and they would spend a few hours um, a month coaching people in other or in other parts of the organization. Mm -hmm. So these were contracted coaching assignments. This was over and above what we might expect leaders to do in coaching people within mm -hmm. within their teams. Oh. 
great, great. So may I ask, like, what was the, uh, you said that you were not there from the very first day, but maybe hmm. you already uh, trained many internal coaches. So where do you start from developing people within the organization uh, to become internal coaches? How that does that that process really goes on. Yeah, so although I wasn't directly involved from the organizing of it, I actually was involved from the beginning and that I was one of the I was a part of one of the first groups who became trained oh, really? as a as a coach and that was actually my my uh, starting point of of coaching mm. in the organization. So I was um I met the head of coaching who was setting this up, Sally Bonniewell, mm -hmm. and she invited me to train as as an internal coach, uh, or what we would call in GSK a job plus coach. Because okay. as I say they were doing a job, people like myself. I had a another job in GSK, and I mm -hmm. trained to be to be a coach, and then would work with people in the uh, you know have coaching assignments with people in in the business. So I think where we were the, the starting point was. Um, First of all, people who had an interest in coaching would first be invited to a, um, a two or a three day workshop, first of all, to train in some basic coaching skills. Mm -hmm. And then they would go and use those skills in their leadership roles. So but really using coaching skills, not as contracted coaching assignments, but first of all, to, to practice their coaching skills. And then if they did that and, and found they, you know, that really came they enjoyed the coaching and they wanted to take it further, then they had the opportunity to, to attend a, um, a, a coaching training workshop um, and to, yeah, to be, to be fully assessed and, and, mm -hmm. and trained up um, as, a, as a coach. So it was very much, uh, I think it started almost like a, a bit of an invitation-only program and then became mm -hmm. more of a, um, a more... Uh, inclusive program where people could apply with support from their business to uh, for for them for them to attend. Um, and then, of course, the other aspect of it's all right training to be training people to be coaches, but there's no point having an internal coaching pool if you haven't got the demand for coaching as well. So there's also yeah. that aspect to think about. Um, it might sound like a very obvious thing. Oh, there must be people in the organization who want, who need coaching, but how do you generate the demand? And actually yeah. that was one of the, um, it was one of the, one of the issues, if you like, at the beginning of coaching in GSK is that coaches had been trained, but there wasn't really quite the demand Uh, for mm -hmm. coaching because people didn't quite understand, um, they didn't know that the coaching um, offering was available or mm -hmm. they didn't quite understand what it was. So I think that's also an important part to think about at the very beginning is how do you, how do you get spread the word of coaching into the organization so that they know that coaching will be available from these internal coaches. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very important point, what you're saying. Uh, what I also see uh, in many organizations uh, when we, you know, train either job plots coaches uh, like in the GSK case or managers to be coaches. Uh, one of the reasons that I see that uh, these endeavors are not uh, really taking off is Uh, the people to be coached generally don't mm. have the notion of what coaching brings and they don't really, maybe they need coaching, but they're not aware of the needs. So that's a very good point that you're making, really. Yeah. 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 And 
yeah, I mean, maybe that's that's the, the next question. Like, where, where, how did you generate that demand? Yes. So um, in a number of ways, actually. Um, so, so first of all, using the coaches, the people who've been trained to be coaches, they are the biggest champions of coaching in an organization. Yeah. So um, so initially, although whilst they were also trained, they had a key role. And I remember, you know, myself, it was it's almost like I felt a bit of a pressure to, to, to spread the word of coaching in my part of the organization and and to help drive the demand um, as well. So mm-hmm. so using the coaches themselves to 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 spread that word and then other other more traditional ways of of uh, getting communications out there i think one thing that is really important um to, to also think about is senior level sponsorship yeah. and and have senior level uh leaders within the organization actively championing and talking about about coaching also goes a long way um i mean there's a number of reasons why that why their role is more is really important from an investment point of view as well, but certainly also I think they can play a key role in in um, being champions and advocates for uh, for coaching, um, and then of course through the usual route of you know through the communications through to, through HR functions, often the, the development of coaching uh, HR is a, is a key point of being able to recognise where there might be a need for coaching. Um, with the business that they're supporting mm-hmm. so so making sure that the hr uh function is very well aware of what's on offer too mm-hmm. yeah that, that those are really good starting points and uh i would ask like what worked well and what actually didn't mm, yeah so i think one of the things that did work well was as i referred to having senior level sponsors mm-hmm. we had yeah. some really uh you know some people at a at a quite a senior level in the organization there was a lot of um support for for coaching in the organization and having those people um speak uh you know doing maybe even doing little videos or articles on the company um intranet and another company uh, communication channels having them speak about coaching was hugely impactful in 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 helping others lower down into the organization understand why coaching was important and how it could support people with their development so i think we were very um fortunate i say fortunate it was a bit of a fortunate in that people were interested but actually i think we had uh, there were there was a lot of work to engage those people and to make yeah. sure that that senior level support was in was in place as well yeah Yeah. So that the, was the kickoff, the, yeah, the kickoff requires some fortune, but I think at, after a while it requires the quality that the people see the the, the results. So uh, yes. I wouldn't I wouldn't be yeah. so humble. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was. I think that's a a real key thing that 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 worked worked very well. Um, I think one of the other things that's I don't know whether we say it's a, it's a struggle or it worked well, but it, it, in a way, it's it's something. It, it's probably a bit of both, and something to think about for for anybody thinking about setting up an internal coaching function is really to think about investment and resource. These things mm-hmm. don't just happen. You know, I think it, it's it's very it's very easy to say, oh, we'll we'll just 
give that responsibility to somebody who has a, you know, half a day a week to spare, but actually that may not be enough over time. So really thinking forwards, um, you know, certainly. So if I think about the resource, for example, it did need resource. It does need resource yeah. to to maintain um, that function. Obviously, depending on how many internal coaches you're going to train, but but I, yeah. you know, I saw that as a bit of a struggle in GSK in a resource constrained environment, as many organisations are. Yeah. How do you yeah. make sure that you've got the right resource to um, to to set up training to to mm-hmm. continue to engage with with the internal tr- coaches that you've trained to match people who want coaching to coaches and so mm-hmm. on um and to manage all of that all of that function if if you if it's going to be set up well it does need some some thought about about the about the resource yeah i i was also thinking about like how do you how do you maintain the quality how do you maintain uh you know like you said the demand how do you even do that mm. so um yeah uh, w- do you have some tips and tricks there that worked yeah so i think so in terms of quality and um and how do we maintain that there's i mean there's another, again it's something that needs to be really thought about from from the mm-hmm. beginning i think yeah first of all in in gsk um I guess the first thing is making sure that your training is is of a quality of a high quality standard, mm-hmm. and um, you know there was a lot of effort put into developing a training program, and we wanted it to be of high quality. We wanted it to be globally recognised as high quality standards. Um, so we actually used the ICF core competencies mm-hmm. and the ICF um, code of ethics um, as, a, as the standards for the for the training. And although the training itself wasn't accredited to ICF, um, we very much um, designed it and delivered it to those to those standards. Um, and I think that's important is to is to really understand what are you know what's a good standard of of coaching training initially. Um, mm-hmm. And to and to also have some sort of an assessment, which is what we did with the coaches. So coaches mm. would go through the training, but then they would be assessed. So they would be assessed whilst they were on the training itself. And then mm. there was also a um, there's also like a, a three month probationary period, if you like, when they've done no. their training, where they practice their coaching with peers who've been on the training program. So they do, um, and they so, so they're coached, and they're also coaching their peers for six mm-hmm. sessions each, um, and they also have some training style supervision, so that there's a continuity. It's not just a one-off. Mm. People go through a workshop, and then that's it. They're out the mm-hmm. door coaching. There's this probationary practice period where they're really practicing, and then and they're observed in their practice to ensure that they are that they really are coaching and that we can mm-hmm. you know as the as the organization is then saying yes we have these coaches we can mm-hmm. make sure that people who then engage with the coaching the coachees have a good coaching experience mm-hmm. um, so and then i guess in terms of other, another aspect of maintaining the quality is also something to think about is once people are trained as coaches it doesn't stop there um, and there's there's an ongoing maintenance of the of the quality, so provision mm-hmm. of supervision, 
We had yeah. uh, coaches were required to attend a minimum of three supervision sessions um, mm -hmm. a year and also two additional CPD events. Okay. Um, so again, it's something to think about is how do you, you know, how do you, how do you provide supervision or how do you ensure that coaches have that ongoing opportunity to reflect on their practice? Yeah, yeah. Very important, especially uh, it's not only the training, but also the supervision, also the receiving feedback, being observed mm. whilst having sessions. And of course, uh, you know, kilometer also works like the more you do it, the better you get it. At yes, it. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very important points to, to think about from the very first day. And uh, I'm just wondering, have you ever benefited from somehow technology throughout this process? Um, so if I'm to be honest, we 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 managed pretty well. Um, not brilliantly, but uh, um, with some very basic technology, so Excel mm -hmm. spreadsheets and file sharing through um, mm -hmm. SharePoint sites. Um, mm -hmm. We often looked at uh, at other technology platforms and would have loved, to, you know, we, our desire was to to really uh, invest more in technology, but unfortunately, the company was never in agreement to. To, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. It comes with financial cost, obviously, and yeah, yeah. and we never managed to uh, convince the company of the, of the business case for that. But mm -hmm. I know there, are, you know, there are some great platforms out there that um, mm -hmm. that, that I know that other companies are using. Um, and but like you know, and we were we did feel limited by the uh, mm -hmm. Excel spreadsheets that really so we were stretching the limits of Excel. Um, <laughs> many times. Having said that, one way that we did benefit from use of technology is because we were providing coaching globally, mm. um, we were, as an organization, we were very used to using online virtual media yeah. for, uh, for, well, for, for work generally. Um, so, we were, we, we were doing virtual coaching, which I know some people I've heard many coaches in the last few months since the COVID yeah. pandemic say, yeah. oh, we've had to switch everything to virtual. But actually, we've been yeah. using virtual technology for really for many years. Yeah. Um, so we had we had benefited from the use of technology in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that is uh, one of the uh, aspects of especially with the pandemic that we all uh had to move there even mm. though we liked it or not i mean uh yeah it, it has always been a um, ongoing discussion in the fields like do we do yes. it virtually or not but yeah now i think with the pandemic it showed that uh most of it can be done uh virtually and in yes. a, in a, yeah I, i wouldn't say better or worse but i would say uh, differently, actually, yes, so it it's has possible. its own benefits. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, you said something important at the beginning, like when there is no demand, like where are you going to use the the, the uh, internal coaches? And I know that you already have a uh, award winning program. Uh, so mm -hmm. maybe can we just have a you know, little chat about like, so you have this coach pool, yes, that could be like somebody from the company might be demanding one on one coaching, but how do you use it more for a program type of setting? Mm. Uh, what did you do in that in that respect? Yeah, so I think one of the things that we recognise once once trained once coaches were being you know once coaches had been trained and we had this pool of coaches was 
as you say, in addition to one-to-one coaching, you've also got a pool of coaches that could really can really add value to leadership development programs, mm-hmm. um, whatever form and shape those leadership development programs uh, take. Um, so, um, and speaking quite specifically in, in, in GSK, we used the coaches on a number of those those leadership development programs. Um, so, for example, on a women's leadership program, mm-hmm. we um, we used a we used a, a large number. We, we we had a large number of women going through that program, and uh, up to up to 250 women a year went through the program over a 12. It was a 12 months program, and we used the jobless coaches to do the one to one coaching on that program. So once you've you know once you've got that. Um, that resource established, it actually can help reduce to keep the cost of leadership development, which otherwise might have, you know, if you well, you either would make a decision not, you wouldn't do the one-to-one coaching, and then, yeah. which really add, we saw it really adding value to the, to the women mm-hmm. who were going through the the group sessions and and having the group sessions and the one-to-one in in combination. Um, so either that, or you would pay an external resource for that coaching and. You know, we know that that doesn't come at uh, at no cost. Yeah, it generally is is also uh, because of that reason. Uh, one-on-one coaching is not uh, delivered in those mm. kind of settings. Thinking about the budget and everything, and you're very right at saying like, but it does add a value. And since you already have a pool of coaches, uh, why not benefit from their support and maybe that the the elephant in the room in terms of uh internal coaching is always like but do people speak uh to someone you know confident i mean of course it's there is the coaching confidentiality but do they really trust someone from the same organization to open up and share their uh struggles uh so there's always that question about internal coaching how's your experience on that uh area Yes, it is an interesting question, and it's something I've heard debated many, many times. But in fact, my own experience and and what I've heard from many, many coaches across the organisation is that actually it doesn't, it hasn't really been been an issue. Mm-hmm. One thing that we were very careful to do was to um, to make sure that coaches are matched to people that they don't know or don't have a connection with. Um, in the organization and we're very you know and coaches became very familiar with if they were matched to somebody by sometimes we don't know who they know um, mm-hmm. that they would actually say you know we, I have a conflict here and and, and this wouldn't mm-hmm. be a, a best match so I think making sure that there isn't there is, they're not matched to somebody they know or have connections mm-hmm. with helps to maintain that uh, that confidentiality and I think the other thing with that I often found is that um, and, and often heard from coaches and coaches is that speaking to somebody in GSK who understands the culture who knows mm-hmm. what it's like to work in this organization and can speak the language you know sometimes the jargon that we use in companies mm-hmm. they didn't have to worry about translating that for somebody who didn't mm-hmm. know it um, yeah. can be a real advantage I think you know there's obviously things to think about in making sure that as a coach we're not colluding with um, something that's not working in the system that yeah. that uh, but that's why we had supervision in place also to, sure. to help protect against oh. that. 
that's a that's a very good point you're bringing in in terms of supervision again uh because i also believe when there is always the question like yeah would this person be from the same industry does it add additional value uh yes it does and on the other hand sometimes it is like you said maybe it's colluding my um coaching but then mm. the, the checkpoint is always always the supervision so i'm um, yes. yeah that's a very very yeah. important part yeah definitely yeah um so yeah i mean coming to the end of our conversation maybe i can just ask a very much more open-ended question of like anything uh you'd like to share with someone uh who's just you know designing their coaching program in the organization any tips tricks you would like to share or make them aware of um mm. what would you like to share Yes, I think I've shared um, many of those <laughs> tips already, yeah. but just to just yeah. to cover a couple of things, reiterate a couple of points. You know, one is really think about how does this fit? How, if you're building a business case mm. um, and you, you, it's really important to get senior uh, leaders or sponsors engaged and you know to really make this happen does take some investment of just of time and and money so making sure that you've got senior leadership um engagement from the start is is important so as you're building a business case think about how does coaching uh, support the business in meeting the business strategy and to and how can it support maybe even a shift of the culture that you know, towards a shift that you might want to make in, in the mm -hmm. culture. How how does that all fit uh, fit together? And I think the second point is thinking beyond the initial training of the coaches and how will you, mm -hmm. this, this question of of quality and, and maintaining the quality and governance, how mm -hmm. how is that gonna, going to work? You know, it's not, I've seen a number of organizations set something up but not have that, ongoing piece in place yeah um and and you know there will be attrition of coaches how how are you going to manage that and, and but how do you make sure that you maintain those high quality standards of coaching as you go forwards and other than that i would say if there's a chance just get on and do it it's a great thing to <laughs> to do if there's a will in the organization then uh, yeah go for it Yeah, great, great tips. And yeah, exactly. Like just be brave and go for it. Great, yes. great point. Yeah. Thank you so much for your contribution, Sue. So I think it is really very important uh, for people who are going through this uh, experience to, to hear your experience. Uh, who have, you know, started from day one uh, in this process, first as a coach, as, as a coach being trained and then going into running the whole program and uh, now seeing the difference of being in the organization and being out of the organization maybe also. Mm. So I think yes. this is this is really a um, very important uh, viewpoint that most people really lack most of the time. Mm. So thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for inviting me. It's been wonderful to have this conversation today. Thank you. Thanks. Same for me. Thanks. So thank you all for joining us on this episode of The Coaching Programme. Make sure to subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're having your podcasts. If you found this conversation helpful, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or you can simply tell a friend about the show who might benefit from it. 
Be sure to tune in for our next episode next week. And let's all create more meaningful coaching experiences for everyone. See you all.